You know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. It is September 21st, 2023. I'm Matt in Geistown Borough, where we spend most of our week looking up for a giant government doomboggle that may fall from the sky. Boondoggle. Did I say doomboggle? Yes, you did. All right, we'll leave it in. Okay, why not? Well, <laughs> I'm Steve in Southern Bedford. Now I'm confused. Anyway. You, you did not spend your early part of your week looking up? I thought it was no. part of your responsibility as a retired Marine. Oh, you mean looking for the, the missing F-35? Nah, I had a couple of A-10s roar overhead at 500 feet on training missions the other day, but no no F-35s. I wish that thing would have landed in my backyard. I'd have scrapped it out and sold it to China. Okay. <laughs> if I go that far, the scrap metal alone would probably be it's not worth the trip. No, they'd come scrap to me. Metal. They'd come to me. I go but on X and let everybody know I had it. It's so funny. I saw this when on the 17th when they put it out. And I learned about it through Twitter. Well, X now. Mm. And I actually pulled it up here because I wanted to talk about this, which is also interesting, by the way, considering mm. we talked tourism and Thunder in the Valley happened. And then we talked the national defense last week. Right. And then this happens. So yeah. this is from the Joint Base in Charleston. With the Marine Corps wing out of Buford, South Carolina. We're working with the MCAS Buford to locate an F-35 that was involved in a mishap this afternoon. The pilot ejected safely. If you have any information that may help us recover our teams, locate our recovery teams, locate the F-35, please call the Base Defense Operations Center at 843-963-3600. Followed I've seen high. better written advertisements for lost dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Just hashtag lost our shit. So. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> They're getting roasted for that. Oh, of course. And, of because course. it's just so poorly. And I understand that stuff happens and mishaps and, 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 well, this is, that's my, for, language to me is very important. Mm-hmm. And, and, You've known me long enough, and people who listen will hear that I will take a t- moment to figure out how I want to try to best phrase something, because language to me is very, very important. This is not a mishap. No. No, not at all. If you, well, if the pilot had spilled his coffee on his uniform while reading the briefing mishap yeah yeah we'll go with mishap on that stub your toe heading out on the tarmac mishap lose a fighter jet a one billion dollar fighter jet not a mishap no 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 i don't know the first is the f-35 really a billion dollars yeah yeah i because i i i misspoke on the last you said trillion. Talking, said trillion, and then I corrected myself after a while and said, "Oh no, it's a billion. But yeah, it's a it's a billion dollar aircraft. It's not cheap. It's it's not like you know something that you and I could go out and afford when they're done using them and buy them. You know, for a discount. Of no, no, no. Okay, let me get the let me get the. You are right and both kind of right and kind of wrong. Oh, the okay. entire program is one point seven trillion. Oh, okay. Each individual jet is eighty three million. Million, yeah. Each, the F 35A is the most common version of the aircraft uh-huh. and will cost 83 million each. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's not as bad as a billion each. No, somewhere, somewhere I had heard that they were a billion dollars per copy. Perhaps that was with all of the research and development. I don't know. Oh, I think that's how you get to the 1.7 trillion over the lifetime of the plane. Yeah, 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 but that's but, that's. Not a mishap. 
No. No. And I was interested in how the pilot punched out. And I know from not secondhand information being told by people in that community that when you see that engine fire light on it, it is punch out immediately because it's going to go, it's going to explode. So I wonder what happened. Anyway, there'll be a, there's going to be an investigation, I'm sure. Well, glad the pilot's okay. Hey, you know what? I have, I have no problem with them figuring out what, as long as it's the Marine Corps and the Air Force doing it for the love of God, don't let it be a congressional investigation. Well, yeah. yeah. Did they find it? I remember him talking about a debris field. Yeah, they did. I believe they did find the, the, the did find the debris field. Yeah. Yeah, I put in a lost F-35 when I did a search. And wow, did I get a lot of hits for that one? So, yeah, questions mount after I went missing, yeah, inverted. Ah, it was flying inverted before the crash, according to eyewitnesses. Huh. All right. Can the F-35 without a pilot do the uh, equivalent of look ma, no hands? I I don't know. Uh, Huh. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, how's your week going? Good. So with our track record here, Steve, what beloved institution are you and I going to curse this week? Because I have a topic that's been riling me up a little bit. Not riling me up, but concerning me a little bit. Well, okay. Well, uh, we. Well, we'll t- I wonder if you had the same one. I got a couple bouncing around in my head. One of them is I, I don't like people telling me what I can and can't say. The other one is the the freaking robots. Okay. My favorite, my favorite movie is I Robots with Will Smith. I'm okay. not a real big fan of Will Smith, but some of his movies I really like. But on that one, it's the damn robots. A, you know the AI stuff that's going on everywhere and everything. So why? But it's fine. I AI is going to be great. It's going to do our taxes. It's going to look at you and make sure uh, you're paying the right amount of tax. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Come take my kids. But anyway, um, I was thinking because you hit the first one, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Because there's been this weird push, not just locally, but like regionally and nationally, on like a stifling of of speech. Oh well, hell yeah! Would you hear what Newsom's doing out in California? Not, not completely. Well, 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 he, well yes, he, but I've I've been paying more attention to the EV market. That's completely kind of going. Uh, well, let's crazy. Let's, yeah, let's not get on the. My opinion of electronic vehicles and politicians are all about the same. Big pile of shit. Anyway, um, that's freedom of speech. I like Tesla. Oh, I'll, I'll give you the styling of some of the Teslas is nice. But the whole electronic vehicle thing is not going to work out. Anyway, um, the, the Newsom hasn't signed it yet, but the, some there's some elected politicians got together out there, all Democrats, imagine that, and uh, put together the this policy that they're trying to get a law that they're trying to get them to sign that if you are a parent or a citizen and you make a statement against a school board or their policies or a person that's on the school board that you can be taken to civil court, arrested, blah, 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 and everything, basically stifling your ability to criticize anybody. It's funny. That's, on the first amendment. And, and, and that's funny. Cause I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen too much of that. Um, I'd be curious because I actually though in California, I would bet it's probably bipartisan. Um, well, okay, to some the, extent. The, one, the one elected Republican and the 99 Democrats. Okay. How did we get Reagan out of California? I'm so confused. It was, it was a lot back then. Cause I voted for him. That was my first president that I ever voted for. Um, no, I mean, how did he make it the governor? Oh, because, uh, back then, you know, we're talking 40, well, he was governor in the seventies. So 45, almost 50 years ago, California was balanced. It was normal. Mm. It was actually kind of a normal state. It was actually some place to go to and everything, which explains, you know, how the how it went so well, and then it just tanked. Anyway, but um, interesting. Uh, anyway, I was thinking because because I saw that 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 same sort of thing, and I saw two examples locally. Um, there was a ordinance advertised or a, um, a, a policy advertised in the city. Which city? Johnstown. Oh, okay. About something similar during a meetings and 
it's all couched in the concept of decorum, which can be very different for different people. Okay. What that means. And I saw actually this afternoon that the Camtran agenda, and you you are fairly familiar with Camtran having been mm -hmm. um, yeah. they don't even have a section for their meeting for public comment on their agenda. I don't know, it could have been typo, but this just this continuation of this concept of and, and I don't know if it's I'm gonna ask you, is there a resident elderly person? Whoa. Wow. Talk about a shot across the bow. All right. Hey, I'm we'll not a resident. I'm, 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 You're the millennial. I'm the I'm the boomer. Got it. You just not even boomer. close. I think what? I think you know more with because because of your kids, you probably know more young stuff than I do. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. What are you going to ask? You me? have to remember, you spend time with young people. I spend time with, with your kids and yeah. your grandkids. Yeah. I spend time with you. Well, that's unfortunate for your life, but <laughs> you also are you also are a uh, professor of higher education too. So you spend time with. A lot I don't of talk people. to people. Well, yeah. Let's not get on to my opinion of education at this hey. point. Hey. <laughs> I didn't lose a jet this week. Um, <laughs> Look, not my Marine Corps. My Marine Corps, I retired a long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> the idea of, as a generation, is it a generational thing, the concept of not being able to take criticism? Uh, well, you know what? That's kind of interesting that you bring this up because I had a conversation with my daughter. She was over a couple of weeks back, her and her husband, and uh, they're in from Pittsburgh. And they spend a weekend with us. And uh, she she's in the medical field. So she was saying she was reading a, uh, an article that was written by some, I don't know, some type of doctor that studied people and psychology and everything like that. And she said it was you know, pages and pages of writing and research. But the crux of the entire article was that from her generation which she's a millennial, down to whatever it is that they're calling the generation, what's it, the lost generation, Gen Z, Gen W, ABC, whatever The most it is recent now. one? Most recent ones. Okay. So, so from the millennials down, that because they've been told all their lives that, you know, everybody's a winner, Everybody got participation trophies. Everybody got a medal. Nobody was a loser. You know, that their parents gave them everything and protected them from all harm, all criticism, all negativity, basically protected them from the entire world and still referred to them as kids after they turned 18 and protected them in college and everything. That this noted doctor's opinion is that it's an entire generation of marshmallows his term, that they can't, they can't take any pressure. They can't take any criticism. They can't be told that they're not number one and they don't like the world because it's mean and nobody in the business world's telling them, well, you know, you're, you're the greatest thing that the company's ever had. We're blessed to have you. It's like, get back to work, shut up, go back to work and everything. And she said, and these kids are, they're, they're, they're taking one well, of the kids, these young adults are on more antidepressants and anxiety medicines and everything else because they were raised in a cocoon, like a bubble kid. You yeah. know, the kid, the bubble back from the 70s that John Travolta started. You know, they, they were so protected by their parents, they don't know what it's like to have any type of adversity. So back to your question. Generational thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think from the generations after me are very uh sensitive that's the that's the polite well that's what made me with. think about it is 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 that possibly the root cause uh, what how of, of, how of my generation raised the next no, generation oh. yes it's your fault um <laughs> no not my kids i was no i, I know your kids yeah. not your yeah. No, no, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah i i didn't cocoon them but um <laughs> i mean this this overriding concept of uh -huh. 
I don't want to hear negative things. Mm. Uh, you know, that's not how we do it. That's not how I, I, there was no adversity. So when you end up sitting at a school board, mm. a borough town or a township board, a, a county seat, the state house, the state legislature, the, the, the governor, whatever, mm. you don't want to hear these things. Because think of the, to me, I think of the people that stand out the most. People that stand out the most in the last 30 years in politics are the ones that were most vocal or most mm -hmm. most different. And I'm talking either side. Mm -hmm. You know, different styles, different followings, different policies and so forth. But think about 2016. That that politician that was Hillary Clinton, that could have been anybody. on mm -hmm. And Trump in 92. Um, young, personable. Bill Clinton who came out against George versus Bush, like stuffy Bush George White. Bush, right? right. Who was senior. Oh, yeah. Stood out. Mm -hmm. Also kind of rolled. Both of them rolled with the with criticism and punches and made made jokes about it. Mm -hmm. um, embraced it in a lot of ways. But mm -hmm. I think I, I started when I started seeing these things kind of and it's it's weird how how a bunch of these things in the last week or two popped up or any at the same time. Different places, like I said, locally, regionally, nationally. And it had me thinking, and I think it's I think it's a generationally based problem. You don't want to hear from people who disagree with you. Well, I think I think nobody wants to be told they're wrong or somebody disagrees with them. I think when you look at, when e each person, no matter what they say, when they look at, when they see things or do things, they look at it from there, how it affects them. So I don't think anybody likes somebody disagrees with them. But I think it takes a person who is mature enough, not necessarily from an age perspective, but from an emotional perspective, mature enough to listen to the other person's criticism and filter through the criticism to get to the core of what the person who's criticizing is getting to. Mm -hmm. um, God, what was the name of that guy? It was Steve something. This is back from the 90s. It was Seven Traits of Successful People. Steve Forbes? No, 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 no. He, he, he had, he, it was a set. Let me, let me, let me punch it. I'm on it. it. Keep going on your thought. I'll, the, I'll... The, I think it was called the seven traits of successful people or the seven things. It was Steve something. I know. Cause I took the course. It was, it was a requirement of this of advanced schooling that I was in for the Marine Corps. And we had to go through this course to see things from a Stephen Covey, seven Kobe, highly Kobe. effective, seven Steve, habits of highly effective people. There we go. Stephen Covey. One of his core principles that I've never forgotten is what to, was to seek first to understand and then to be understood. And when we're going through this course that, that he taught us, I mean, it was 40, you know, Marine, well, 37 Marine captains and a couple of Navy guys in there. Um, that he said, before you jump down somebody's throat who's criticizing you, understand what that person's point of view is first. See where they're coming from first. And then once you understand their side, then you explain your side. And it was a way to, it, basically what he was teaching us was how to negotiate. Mm -hmm. to, but to seek first to understand, to understand the other person, then to be understood. You know, instead of me just, you know, and, and we as Marines, you know, we have a way of, you know, punching you in the mouth and then asking you, do you get the point? You know, that was, that's a standard tactic to do yeah. get things done. Um, we're very aggressive, 
But what he what we were learning to do was, especially you now as we were you know, moving up in rank and everything, is to how to negotiate with people from different, you know, different parts of the world and everything. But how to, you know, it was a very interesting way to, I never looked, I've never forgotten that. And I may have forgotten his name, but I've never forgotten the principle is when I'm talking to people and I've talked to people who have very, been very adversarial to me, but I've usually sat there and tried to figure out what their point of view was mm, yeah. to understand them. So, so going back to your point, I think the problem is, is that these people who are sensitive to everything don't want to hear negative criticism because they don't want, no matter what, they're not going to listen to what your point of view is. And then I also then, I think that expands it to the concept, if you're thinking about that, expands it to the concept of the platform. And, and I say that in the concept of, look at this, look what we're doing here now. You and I could be reaching people. There could be somebody right now in Manila listening to us on this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you are, hello, yeah. let us know. Yeah. Um, what would have you had to do at 20 to have the opportunity to have a global audience? When I was 20. So that would have been. So think about it. Audio cut it? Oh, there you go. Yeah, your audio cut it. Did you bump the cable? I think I did. I don't know. Okay, okay. how are you? Yeah, you're uh, good now. Oh, you know what? I got I popped up. It says my internet connection is unstable. So I have an unstable internet connection. That's interesting because I'm on a satellite feed. Well, and your I'm, video was fine. I bet it's yeah. I bet it's a Zoom thing. Huh. I was gonna say because I'm a I'm a talk, I'm gonna call Musk up and talk to him because I got his Skynet system up and running. And no, everything. no, no, Starlink. Skynet's the I you just said you were worried about the robots. I told you it's the damn robots. Watch the you know, every time I go to Altoona and my wife drags me into Wise's, that damn robot. Have you ever been up there? They got no. they got one of those, they got a robot with a little stinking smiley face on it that drives around and looks for spills and it calls out spill in aisle seven over so and so and everything. That damn thing catches up to me every time I'm there. It's the robot. I'm telling you, well, it's stop the damn spilling robot. stuff. I don't spill anything. That that bloody thing came. Well, I turned around one time because I, I felt something was following me. I turned around, damn thing was sneaking up on me. It was, it was going to kill me. I turned around, stood in its way, and I just stood my ground and I made it go away. Hey, you know, I look, you, at, I look at it this way we all have to go some way. We'd be the first people to go out with robot apocalypse. I mean, people will get wiped out throughout history of all kinds of stuff. The, uh, We'd be the first one with the robots, so It's mm. the damn robots. I'm, I don't trust them. And then every time I go in and do a house, and there's them, them stinking iRobot thing, what are those, that run around on the floor and everything? I love my Roomba. Yeah, those. I'm going to shoot them next time. Next time I go in the house, and I see one, I'm pulling my 45 out, and I'm just going to shoot it, and I'm going to leave. I love my Roomba. It does great things. It's It's a robot. Anyway, what happens is my poor my poor Roomba gets stuck sometimes. It'll send me a text message. It says, "I'm stuck. Can you give? Can you help me?" Like I actually feel bad for it. They're using sympathy, Steve, to win me over. Just shoot it. Anyway, where were we? I'm a robot collaborator. I've seen how this works. I've seen Battlestar Galactica. You're a robot sympathizer. Oh my God! Shave your head and march you naked down the street, just like we did a Nazi collaborators right after World War II. Anyway. Where were we? What how asking, did we get on robots? Because of your internet hiccup. And oh, that's right. It, see, you went yeah, on a Skynet. Sky, that's it. Yeah. yeah what I right. asked you before this happened was the idea of what would you have had to do at 20 to have a oh, global platform yes. like we are doing so, today? Yeah. So in 20, I've been 1981. The only way for me in 1981 to get a global platform that I could afford would to be a ham radio operator, which was the first social media ever. I could have gotten on a, uh, like an HF, mm-hmm. you know, gotten on HF and I could have talked around the world. That would have been the only way for me to get a global reach at that time. And global reach, but I wouldn't global classify reach. that as a platform. 
Why not? Not enough people. Oh, well, no. Well, you can get out there and you can just broadcast on radio and no, nobody's listening to you. You can just sit there and talk on it. Yeah, but but this has the opportunity for anyone with an internet connection. Well, true. At that point, yeah. how many people have, were running HF radios? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The relative the relative proportional is drastically different. Mm-hmm. Now everyone has a, has a platform, right? And you're talking about again a generation or generations mm-hmm. that grew up being able to just here's what's going on, here's what I think, and right. that is it, right? Whether it's true or not, no one ever questioned out. it. Mm-hmm. Um. And and you talked about that the the idea of listening, and, and that that seems to be a broken skill. Mm-hmm. And I was reading an article that I think it was an article that not to drag you back to the your fear of AI. Uh, no fear of AI. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust the robots. Anyway, um, somebody in a, in a classroom setting was effectively how did you how do you combat students from using AI? to do work. Oh, that's interesting. And the concept that was presented that the, the, this instructor said it was basically, they don't know it, but I say research a talk, say you're going to do um, like we're doing here today, talking about what effectively is first amendment rights, mm-hmm. okay, freedom of speech, freedom of, of, of the press, all those sorts freedom of things. religion, right? Religion, freedom of yeah. right to assemble. Yeah. Yeah. Do your report on it. You're supposed to do the research. You're supposed to come back. Here's your report. Here's your written, all the information. If you want to type into the computer, I need a report on the First Amendment, and it spits it out, great. Doesn't matter to this person. Because once you get the report and said, oh, I did mine on freedom of speech. Great. Argue the opposite side. That's the actual assignment. Okay, but need to follow something here. So you mean I could go into onto the internet? Mm-hmm. I'm in college. Yep. And I need a report on the uh, startup of the Ford Motor Company. Yeah. And it would actually, the internet has got systems out there would actually build the report for me that I don't have to write it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That I did not know. I mean, I, I I could see using the internet for research, but I didn't know there was. Yeah. No, I'm not. This isn't. Write. This isn't looking in research and reading right. online huh. books. And no, this is. Hey, write this for me. And it would just there's programs out there on the internet that you can access that would just spit the report out for you. Sure. Wow. Okay. But how how and and there's there's a whole industry popping up about buy this software and it will tell you if that's what the student did. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a technological warfare situation. <laughs> Escalation. Sure. Oh, the students using AI, we have counter AI software hmm. back and forth. But this was so much simpler. And I love the idea. The idea that, okay, you've done your report on your topic. Freedom of speech, freedom of whatever. Right whatever it happens to be. And the actual assignment when they come to class for their final report with their final report is, okay, do your presentation. But because you did the research, you know about it. Take the opposite side of your argument. Oh, okay. Got and it. present like point, that. Got it. Look, I point because if you did the research. Right. You would know all the information if you actually truly researched everything. Yes. To build a report. Oh, okay. Huh. That's a nice... That's a good way for the professor to flip I, it on to the students. Yeah, and I really wish I could remember who had said that, because mm-hmm. um, it's a great idea, and I love to give it him credit. Is. Yeah, but the um, I think that's I think that's all this part of it, and but the part that I think is bigger and more potentially more concerning is that what does that do? All these ideas and concepts and stuff that to that freedom of speech. That First Amendment. If you can't, okay, somebody, it, it it almost reminds me of the you know the line when you see it. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody stands up in front of a meeting and just is completely ranting and raving obscenities and all that kind of stuff. Not appropriate for a meeting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is it technically protected constitutional speech? Probably. It is. No matter what you say. Well, does well, it get your point across? Probably not. You, you lose. You, the minute you raise your voice in a meeting, you've lost the argument. Yeah. But especially when you see these things about the vagueness of, like, like I talked about the 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 concept of decorum. But you your your example with um, California mm-hmm. is when does that become an issue with somebody who's and 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 I know what the answers would be right now saying, well, you can't say anything bad about that person because they're your current for a council representative or school board rep or governor or whatever. Well, I'm running against them. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, th- see, that's a different situation. But it is now. But what about in five years from now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that concept that worries me is the little erosions. It's incremental. That it's an, go. Yeah, it's an incremental loss of freedom. They're already, they, they, I think, coming up here this fall. I think they're on recess or, 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 messing around with this budget thing again in congress excuse me but one of the things that concerns me is this you know they have to re-vote on provisions in the patriot act and the fisa courts Mm -hmm. secret courts that about that are intended to find overseas targets that oftentimes are used accidentally or sometimes on purpose on purpose as it's come out to catch up Americans mm-hmm. in a system that was never designed right. to to be that way, under the guise of well, it's good for the it's a national safety thing, but that was twenty two years ago that came into place. Yeah, it did. because of nine eleven, yeah. right? Well, if if how effective is it if you still haven't figured it out? It's not. It's it's just a way to suppress rights. So it, it, that was that jump. And now it's that incremental, incremental, mm-hmm. incremental, incremental. Agreed. Yeah. yeah that, there's a, there's a lot of slow incremental creeping that the government's doing for it's overreaching and, and eroding everyone's rights and, and everything from freedom of speech to freedom of the press to, you know, to, <laughs> To the basic core of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. As the, the as on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You go down to our foundational principles of every American is guaranteed the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So in that, anywhere in there, that those words that I just said, did it ever say, did it ever state that you would be successful at pursuing those? Did it ever no. guarantee you'd be rich? Did it ever guarantee you anything other than the right to life? Be left alone. Liberty, freedom, and the pursuit to pursue happiness. It doesn't guarantee you're going to make it, but, yeah. it gives, but we have those rights. But the government and its overreach and its continuously unquenchable thirst for power has been eroding our rights. And I've been around for 61 years. I'm getting ready to pop 62 here. That I, since I was 18 years old, when I first wrote, raised my right hand to protect the Constitution of the United States, I have watched an incremental creeping of power of the government becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and an erosion of the rights of all of us. And I don't care what, what, what part of the country you're from, what your background is, you know, where your parents came from, whether your social economic status is and everything, all of us who are Americans. Don't have as many rights now in 2023 as I did in 1980. It's, yeah. it's different. And and like so many other things that we see here, the fact that, and I just was thinking about how people are going to interpret that. 
interpret or to themselves what your your concept was and and oh, oh, how yeah. how and and I'm sure every people would see that whether no matter what the issue they're talking we'd be talking about depending on your own personal interest mm-hmm. and your own personal investment in, in in different areas um we're losing you know, you know is the press less free is there because there's also less press does that is that you know is if that's somebody's hot button issue is it because of uh anything that's laid out laid out as a right and the more i thought about it as you were saying that steve the more it dawned on me that i don't think anyone would dis would disagree with that now they will disagree on what they feel the right has been cut back has been encroached on potentially mm-hmm. through the prism of their life and their experiences. But I think if you just said, Hey, do you think we have less, there's more government overreach on, and I'm not just talking federal. I'm talking every level. Oh, across all levels. All uh, compared to previous years. I bet, I bet that would come back high eighties, low 90% approval mm-hmm. of that statement. Now, once you dive into it, you realize there's a bunch of differences. But to me, that tells me one thing. It's despite what what people would tend to jump to, because we've been programmed that way with with just how politics works. It's not one party. No, no, no. They're, they're, it's all across the board. It's across the board. Yeah. Um, because I remember... I remember when I was in local government, I was told this was, you know, hey, you want to run for something? It's easier in Pennsylvania because we don't have open primaries to run as one of the two parties. So I wanted to run, made sure I registered as an R, went in and started, did my thing. Was told, oh, you'll never win locally. It's a it's a very blue heavy area. Cambria County at that point you know this was 15 plus years ago mm-hmm. and it was much more staunchly uh blue and I'm like yeah don't care I'm still gonna win because at that point one I think it was a lot less well it was to an extent but it was a lot less polarized based on what color jersey you're wearing for your team like like yeah. this is this is football season not the future of the country and the well-being of 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 the economy and children and education and everything else um which is just a stupid concept but there's no real breakdown at the local level what what political difference by party do you have about municipal governments or even county governments at that point you know what i'm can't how do i take out my remember at that point it was somewhat flipped where unlike today where you see more well no today's different because both parties tend to see hey this is cool i like getting this like go back and listen to our episode last week about the military industrial budget and so forth what i'm going to invade stony creek yeah and someone's going to be no no we shouldn't invade stony we should invade richland and no i'm for peace between no i want to pick up the garbage and make sure the potholes are filled (laughs) the big political difference on that one right um so they do it it's more it's i think it's that combination of wanting to keep power don't want to hear criticism don't know how to handle conflict that says the easier thing to do is just don't let people talk. Right. Yeah, because they're thin-skinned. Can't take criticism. You know, I remember the uh, first time I had to give a brief. I was an officer, you know, was captain, and completed all my training and everything, been through all my staff officer training and everything. I got been taught how to do briefs, things like that. And I rolled in to the fleet, back to the fleet, I had to brief one of the generals about something. I was a communications officer. And I remember standing up and I had prepared this 
long brief on communications. And it came around to, we call it the six, because all of us have number designations for the different administration, intelligence, operations, logistics, training. You know, they all have numbers. So communications is six. So they said, all right, six, give you a brief. And I stood up and the general says, you have two minutes to give your brief. My brief was like 20 minutes. And I'm like, well, how do I go? How do I cut it down to two minutes? And I stood there for like a two seconds with, you know, I think my jaw hit the ground. And the uh, one of the other officers said, hey, Captain, just give the wave tops. Doesn't want the details. If he wants details, I'll ask you. You know, kind of like whispered yeah. it to me. Because he could see that I just like, I like, oh, crap. And so I started briefing just the wave tops. We call it wave tops, just the, the high level stuff. And then the general would stop me and go, explain that. And I would dig into it. You know, I'd be able to go from the wave top down to the sand, as we call it. You know, because I, at being the expert, I better know my stuff. And then he would start. And the questions were very direct, but also critical at the same time. He was picking apart my communications plan for the division. Yeah. And but what, what I had learned was it's not that he was calling me out personal. It was he was looking at it from his perspective, very high level. And how was that overall plan tying into from the second marine division to the second marine expeditionary forces to the overall operational stuff that was going on that I had no clue. I just had to take care of my one little area. And if you didn't have a thick skin, if you took a personal, you get all mad about it. So I, I think, so I, I said that to, cause that was my basis as I look at things that I think people, when they're at these meetings and everything, don't want to hear any negativity because they think it's criticism when it may just be a legitimate concern from the other person's point of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I, you know, I don't know, I've never been elected, but from the, from the experience that I've had, I, I think that's what it is, is people don't want to hear what they call criticism because they don't want to hear the other person's point of view. They've made up their mind and that's the way it goes. And if you're not, if you're in the peanut gallery, they don't want to hear from you no matter what. Yeah. So it goes down to what, what they're doing, they being governments, as well as school boards and everything else is trying to put things in place that stifle the, the, the um, taxpayer's ability to criticize or question what local or state or federal government's doing. Yeah. It's an, it's killing and our I, rights. And I just don't, I just don't get the, get it from the concept of, okay, you have most times now it's two minutes. Sometimes it's three minutes. Sometimes it's five minutes. I've, I've been there. I've ran meetings. I ran meetings for a lot of years and mm -hmm. there's times where it's like, okay, this person doesn't understand anything they're talking about because they don't have the, all the picture. They see right. this little portion of their world and don't realize that the entire thing has to be balanced out. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, use your time. Yeah. You politely thank them and you move on. Right. I don't understand what's so hard about that. Except exactly the point you're talking about. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to be bothered even. with it. Yeah. They've made you know, up their mind and they're going to do what they want. No matter what you say, they yeah. don't want to hear, they don't want to hear counter because I think if you hear somebody that doesn't like what you're doing and can make a cogent argument and discussion about why, and if they can do it in two minutes, tear your plan apart, they're going to they win. Find, huh? They're going to win. Because most times, in my experience, the people who do that, the do that on the other side and say, I don't even want to hear your two minutes, mm -hmm. couldn't do it in 20 minutes. Right. So the point being is, that if I can get up and in two minutes, take apart a plan that you as an elected official put out and explain in two minutes, 120 seconds, what's wrong with it and why it's going to fail, then that means if I've taken the time to do that, other people have taken the time to do that. And it shows that your plan is no good. And you're the elected official. You're supposed to be smarter than everybody. And um, you don't want to hear it because it's your plan. 
you, it's your baby. You don't want, you don't want your baby, you know, you don't want to be told that your baby's ugly, that it's a, uh, and people don't want that. They don't want to be told by the people who've elected them how to do their job. Yeah. When those elected officials are there because we put them there. That's, that's again, back to my, my, my just obsession with verbiage and a mishap when someone says we need we need guidance from our elected leaders no no <laughs> that's not the job no no we need guidance from the right people to help the people representing us carry out what needs to be done mm-hmm. i don't look at and 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 you and I both have lived in this world long enough that I think there's people who we know that have been elected that I would, to this day, I could call any one of them and they'd be here two seconds to help me out with something. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not talking like, hey, I need a political... It's like, hey, I need to move a couch. Right. And there's people that you and I probably both know that are elected people that would, you know, gleefully dance at the news if something bad happened to us. Yeah, yeah. But no matter either one of them, I don't look at them as leaders. I don't look at any any elected official as a leader. I don't even from the, from the top guy down, from the when, highest what, office in the yeah. office, from the highest office in this nation. I don't look at that person as a leader. Never have. They just happen to be the top person at that time. When I when I sat in the the president's chair for what five you're six talking years about Geistown Borough, Geistown. not of yeah. the United States. No, yeah, no. Um, I'd have occasionally people would be like, "Oh, geez, oh, President Borough, that's you know, you're the most you know, you're, you're kind of in charge." Yeah. I'm like, no, my job in that role is traffic cop. <laughs> referee yeah yeah just kind of keep okay what are we doing here let's move this and keep that going what are you thinking okay you got to talk okay good okay we can move that money from it's literally running this making sure all the bus routes are working working at the same time you know what i get a tickle out of something just thought that was it you said about that is the elected officials who get in there what I think they forget that no matter how, whatever the position is, it's a temporary job. It's a temp position. It's not going to last forever. It's just temporary. I think Mitch McConnell and well, yeah. uh, 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 well, geez, what's her name from uh, California? Um, Barbara Boxler, Pelosi. Oh, and Pelosi, Pelosi, yeah. and, I think yeah. they would disagree with your concept. Yeah, well, they, yeah, yeah. Let's not get on to term limits. But anyway, it's not it's but it's supposed to be a temporary job. Yeah. You know, okay, and the reason why I said temporary jobs is because you said president and I, I thought of of the United States that no matter how good you are, or who you are, that one is still a temp job. It's yeah. eight years at the most. You're just there temporarily. It's not a permanent position. You know, never meant to be. So no matter who you are as elected, you know, it's supposed to just be a temp job that you go in there, do what you can and, and move on. You do what you can. It's supposed to be good. Uh, not take away our rights. Yeah. And it's just it's just very odd that so much has happened in the last chunk of time that just kind of and in, in, in the recent period of time that these kind of things keep cropping up a little bit in so many different locations in so many different mm-hmm. places and my my i don't think it's some kind of like somebody said okay now's the time to do it i think people see it and like oh that's a good idea let's do that mm-hmm. they did it over there yeah we'll let's do, do it, it here. here yeah yeah well Not they eroded they eroded rights in california so let's start it here in montana and try to make it happen or new york or yeah. I talked the other day to somebody from Montana I know out there. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm Montana. They are not a happy people right now. Why? What's going on in Montana? 
there's a lot of people from California coming and raising up. Oh, geez. Property values. Yeah. Well, anyway. But, well, okay, Steve. So if, if track record holds, we have killed the representative republic. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. next episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, at least the freedom of speech. Uh, it will be all taken away by next week. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm out here in the country. I can see one person. That's enough people for me. So, and I will say whatever I want to say on my own property. <laughs> if you want to say something to us, visit us at thoughtprovokingblokes.com. You can see where you can download the uh, episodes, sign us up for your favorite podcast app. If you are, if, uh, if you are very pro and want to hear from every side, podcasting 2.0, you want to plug podcasting 2.0. Mm-hmm. So you can't get a uh, company gets told to deplatform somebody. Right. Um, yeah. If you liked what we talk about, if you have suggestions about what you'd like to hear us talk about and research, uh, shoot us a note on that uh, webpage. You can also, um, if you liked it and said, Hey, you guys are help us, you know, I want to help you out just with the hosting costs. Shoot us a buck or two. The links are all there on thoughtprovokingblokes.com. We appreciate it. Um, even if you just let us know, you like what you're hearing. That mm-hmm. that's great for us too, because yeah, our egos can be bought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Hey, um, we don't take sponsors at all. None. No. So I can plug any product I feel like. Um, my hands get busted up, especially in the winter here. You know, as we're coming into the fall, doing a lot of work with the hay and the horses and things like that. Everything. Okay. I don't know if you ever had this problem, but the tips of my fingers end up splitting. I don't no. know if you ever had your index fingers split down the middle and everything like that. Yeah, well, you got deep cuts on them, but a lot of nerves. Any. Um, I picked up this thing called O'Keefe's Working Hands. Little um, little green, like a like it looks like a car wax thing. Oh, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen it um, before. Yeah, yeah. O'Keefe's, and because the the tip of my like index finger was split in two different places, and every time, you know, I was using my hand, it was kill even with gloves on and everything. So it says guaranteed to work, guaranteed relief, and everything. And I s- absolute swear that within three days, I'm constantly putting this on, it healed it up. The splits are gone and everything like that. Oh. So yeah, O'Keefe's, O-K-E-E-F-F-E-S, working hands. So if you ever seen it, you weren't sure, boots on the ground report, it definitely works for a man who uses his hands every day. Because I was out shoveling horse shit the other day, you know, just, you know, like 10 cubic yards of it. And Wow. Well, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah, in case you ever need anything. Anyway. So well, as Matt- somebody who doesn't have a horse... Yeah, I recommend our o- robot overlords. <laughs> oh God, don't get me started on the damn robots. So anyway, <laughs> all right. That's why I have lots of forty fives handy. High caliber, hard hitting weapons will kill robots. We can get you from space. That's okay. Just can't get me while I'm can't you can't come up my driveway. I got you. First time I see a robot coming up my driveway, that's it. If you see a satellite coming up your driveway, you got to lay off the coffee, man. <laughs> yeah no kidding enough of them flying overhead damn russians steve anyway. have a great week <laughs> you too matt have a good one see everyone next week